Well, good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. But later in the program, we'll have a look at our business tips from the Harvard Business Review. Today, we're looking at uh, the importance of changing your habits. And of course, Christina is still away at the moment. So we're going to have a little look at uh, um, social media, particularly YouTube versus uh, Facebook. But right now, we're going to have a chat with Craig McGregor from the Hunter Recruitment Group, how to conduct an effective job interview. Good afternoon, Craig. G'day, Julian. How are you going? I'm very well. Thank you once again for joining us. And, yeah, no worries. Uh, I mean, getting a job interview right is, is a challenging job for some people, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I thought today it might be you know, prudent for us to, to chat from the employer's or the, the owner's perspective, manager's perspective on, on how to try and conduct the best interview for the particular role that you're trying to fill. Mm. And often, uh, you know, a lot of people don't have a lot of practice at this. They suddenly got to interview someone, and they can be as nervous as as others. So, I suppose preparation is important. Yeah, absolutely. It's a skill set on its own. And look, I think, in, like most things in life, you know, um, nerves are brought about by a lack of preparation. So, if yes. you're, you're going to stand up and give that big speech at a at an event, and you haven't prepared as well as you you could have, you, you may get a little bit more nervous. It's the same when you're preparing to interview a potential staff member. The more the more preparation you can put in, um, the better. So, so what sort of preparation could we do? Yeah, good question. So, I, I suppose we're looking at the style of interview first. So, you know, what's the most appropriate for us in terms of the role that we're trying to fill? Are we going to conduct a, you know, a, a, just a general phone interview to start or are we going to do a, a formal one-on-one style interview or are we going to talk to the candidate via Skype or are we going to set up a panel style interview? So we really need to firstly set up well, what is the most appropriate um, interview for the particular role we're, we're going for. And today, if we, I suppose if we focus on that traditional one-on-one style or the panel style of interview face-to-face, um, the, the biggest parts for me in preparation are knowing the job. So if you've got a good, solid job description yeah. or position description to, to back up, because those are the sorts of areas that you're going to really want to focus on. And when I'm talking to um, businesses about interviewing, it's all about validation. So validating the key skills that the person has that you're interviewing and how they mesh or match up with the key skills that you're requiring. Mm. So, And uh, we were talking off, off air about some of the technology that is now being used in uh, job interviews. Yeah, I thought that'd be fun to mention today that, you know, particularly overseas, I've done a few bit of research about, I suppose, what's going to come our way in the next few years. And there are a large organisations that are, you know, due to the volume of um, candidates that are coming through the process, te- uh, electronic processes there, you, you send your resume, the organisation may go, OK, we'll shortlist 5, 10, 20 candidates. And what they'll do, instead of phoning them or, or doing a phone or pre-screening interview, they'll actually send them a link to, you know, five set questions or 10 set questions, whatever's appropriate, and the candidates have to video themselves answering those questions and respond via the website. Then the uh, employer can go through and look at the five, ten people and go, well, look, that person's answered those questions more effectively. Uh, let's either hire them from that or get them in for a more formal face-to-face chat. And I suppose it culls down the, the time they're spending face-to-face and trying to make time poor managers more effective. With... Uh Hiring the um, retirement age to 70, and I I know that the uh, marketplace is still quite uh, resident in in hiring people over 50 anyway, does it mean that these people would have a challenge putting, uh, doing videos on the internet and so forth? Yeah, really good question, and then they probably may, but it's like... um 
suppose the employment process has evolved over the last 10, 15 years. I remember when I was straight out of university and working for a small agency, um, the only place we used to advertise was the local Central Coast Advocate. It was the newspaper and everyone would come through the paper and then as uh, the internet evolved, you know, more and more people now use the internet, job boards, social media, YouTube, like you mentioned before, LinkedIn, there's all these different avenues. So... Uh, it's like any game, I suppose. If you if you if you understand, if you want to play a sporting game, you've got to know the rules yeah. to how to play that game effectively. If you're a over 50s candidate, you've got to. Um, unfortunately, it may not be the case. Uh, it may be harder for you, but you need to understand the rules of that game. But mm. in saying that, you know. The old school um, values of employers. There's still a lot of people out there that, you know, what that that phone call of following up if you're a candidate, or that knocking on the door with a with a good resume, or you know, the statistics are around 80% of people will get their next role from their network. Yeah. So it's people they've worked with in the past, suppliers, customers, people that they know and and, and understand the value that they can bring to the organisation. Th- those mechanisms are still going to be there. Yeah. So it's who you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's still the case. You've got to, if you're a candidate out there in the job market, you've got to absolutely look at your network and how you can leverage off that network. So to get to that interview stage, because it's at the interview where the company is going to make sure that A, your skills are validated for what they're looking for, and then B, you've got to figure out a strategy to, to find out, do, they, do their culture, do they fit our organisation from a personality standpoint? Will they, you know, will they mesh with all the other um, employees? Will they work well under that manager? That's the sort of things you've got to look for when you're trying to run an effective interview. So are more and more organisations using Skype and things like that now? I mean, I remember, you know, sort of 30 years ago when I was looking for jobs, I was in Canberra and I was being flown to Melbourne and Sydney for job interviews. I presume that's not happening so much these days. Yeah, it's more the the volume of people flying around the country would be less. So the the preliminary interviews, if you've got five candidates in your candidate pool that you want to talk to and they're all over the countryside, yeah, you'd organise a Skype meeting first. You're seeing them face-to-face. You're still delivering a face-to-face interview. Most organisations would then go, great, well, this is our top candidate. Let's fly them to Newcastle. Let's have a chat to them face-to-face and see if they fit our culture. And we'll still have those other candidates, I suppose, in in the back burner just in case. But instead of sending um, you know, flying five people around the country, they may only bring in the one. As, a, as an employer uh, at a job interview, I mean, it's, you know, you've got half an hour, maybe an hour if you're lucky, with a candidate, you know, trying to determine whether they're really the right person is, is very difficult in an hour, isn't it? Is it good to have several people interview rather than the one person? Yeah, look, I, I am a, a big fan of... Uh, it depends on the different size of the organisation. If you're a larger organisation and you have a HR department, you shouldn't be relying on the HR department to make the hiring decisions. They should be the mechanism that yeah. finds you the people, but it's ultimately the line manager or the person that's responsible for that individual. They should be in charge. Well, they should be a big decision maker in that that. Um, that process. So if, if you're in an organisation of that size, most certainly you should have a com- combination. But if you're the small little uh, welding fabrication shop, you know, here in East Maitland and, and you're you're the boss, um, you probably don't have that access to a HR manager. So yeah, you're probably going to do that yourself and that's where you need to try and you know, use the resources of, um, you know, lots of entities around town, business chamber, um, your uh, industry body, they may have tools there to be able to help you with templates but also policy and process. But you want to make sure that you're prepared. You've got a job in you know what you're looking for there, but also have an idea of the personality fit that's going to mm. that's going to that 
but then try and figure out well, how do I assess, assess that at an interview because you're exactly right. In 30 minutes, it's very difficult to figure out. There's some intangible things that are, uh, are difficult, like will they take training direction? Yeah. You know, will they work safely? Will they get on with Fred, who's um, you know hard to get on with in the, the welding shop? Those are the sorts of things that you're going to have to try and ascertain. And I suppose that's one of the other good reasons from an employer's perspective of why we have a probationary period, because we can then actually see them in the workplace, yeah. make sure that they do fit before we make our ultimate decision to, to continue with that full-time relationship. And do personality styles help, do the, the tests for testing people's personalities? Yeah, it depends. It, it depends. There's so many. There's a broad range of those yeah. out there in the marketplace, I suppose. So you've got to, again, do your homework, which one fits with what you're looking for. And don't just use them, I suppose, to just uh, find out what the personality is. You probably want to do the personality tests on your own staff to say, well, you know, like there's programs called you know, disc profiling. Yes. So if you were to just run a disc profile on candidates without knowing who, what disc profile of people are they're going to work with, it's, it's probably pointless mm. because mm -hmm. you want to know that if someone is a high D, are they going to really work well with another high D? Probably not. Mm. So that's where you'd use those, those profiling tools to figure out, well, are they a fit for our organisation? Great. Well, thanks very much for your time again, Craig. We'll have a chat with yeah, you no another problem. time. Excellent. Thank, Thank you, Julian. Bye-bye. Craig McGregor there from Hunter Recruitment Group helping us to understand how to conduct an effective job interview. And it can be a challenge sometimes, can't it? You're listening to Business, The Law Renew on 2NURFM 103.7. And, of course, Christina's still away on holidays at the moment. So uh, I found a very interesting article. This actually came in my computer this morning, which I thought was very interesting. came from Australia's content marketing blog. Very useful if you're, if you're into the social media or on the internet. Uh, Australia's content marketing blog has got some very useful information. This one talks about the uh, social media wars, YouTube versus Facebook. It says that our very first taste of interacting socially online was disconnecting the phone line to send an email. Then we got social media with MySpace and then we involved to Facebook and it looked like, despite a bit of competition from Instagram, that Facebook was here to stay as the reigning champ of social media stardom. But not for long. Last month, YouTube surpassed Facebook in popularity with 167,848,349 visitors in June. And whilst both are social media platforms, the way in which their messages are communicated are vastly different, which indicates that there's possibly a change in preference for how we receive information, which is very important for business. YouTube versus Facebook, a survey conducted by the Futures Company on teens aged 12 to 15, determined that despite Facebook being the most popular website last year, Facebook is the preferred site for only 41% of respondents and 50% of the uh, surveyed participants listed YouTube as their favourite website, not just social media platform, increasing the likelihood of connecting with this particular audience via YouTube. For us oldies though, to whom Facebook was an exciting novelty at its inception, it is surprising to hear that only 18% of teens agree with the statement, I am obsessed with Facebook. Don't worry, 20 to 30-year-olds are still holding the torch with 30% agreeing with that statement. 
but the younger generations are always the agents of change and it's important to be in tune with their tastes and their preferences even if they aren't our target market at the moment as their influence is far-reaching and soon enough will become the demographic graphic criteria. So let's have a look at this shift. The preference, of course, is YouTube's uh, users of YouTube are more highly engaged due to the heightened commitment to watching videos as opposed to reading snippets of information. And a lot of us, uh, particularly the older generation, you know, we look at that stream of information that on Facebook, the annoying whiny users, the hundreds of versions of the same photo of someone's child, the endless stream of food photos and so forth. So it, whether it's content you're sharing from your channel or an advertisement at the start of a video, users are engaged both visually and auditorily and prepared for a commitment to the particular piece of content that's on YouTube. So whilst it may not be practical for your business to be continually creating video content, it is important to note that if you do have an important or potentially high engaging message to share, to consider through which channel you are sharing to ensure the highest impact and greatest engagement from your audience. YouTube is on the rise and with a platform as dynamic as social media, it is crucial to avoid becoming stuck in a rut and doing what you are used to. Instead, pay attention to the change and emerging trends in the social media landscape and adjust your marketing strategy accordingly. So very interesting little comments there and uh, you know we, we talk a lot about social media and how it's influencing our marketing but we do need to be aware that things do change and uh, there's the statistics to show that uh, maybe YouTube is overtaking Facebook and maybe we need to consider that. Well, we just have time for one of our uh, business tips from the Harvard Business Review. And this one is experiment with habit-changing tactics. Even the most motivated people can get frustrated when trying to change habits. Why can't I force myself to go to the gym before work? Why do I keep putting off this project? Behaviour change won't work if you fixate on hard and fast rules like waking up at 5am every day to hit the gym or blocking off every Friday for big projects. Instead, experiment with different tactics to see what will actually work for you. Firstly, see which efforts haven't been working. Think about your larger goal. Why was this activity important to you in the first place? Secondly, now brainstorm other tactics. If you hate the gym or aren't a morning person, consider taking a bike ride after work or exercising at home before bed. If you've never managed to block out any entire day for projects, try finding two half days. And then thirdly, test different tactics out each week and have others check in on your program. That's some interesting little tips taken from The Key to Lasting Behavioural Change by Elizabeth Saunders. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at how to conduct an effective job interviews and, of course, the change of technology that is affecting those these days and, and the effect that's happening in social media, how YouTube might be pushing Facebook a little bit further forward. In a moment, Royce McCormack will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, Christina will be back for our Minute on Innovation and we'll also look at some business and legal news and views that might affect your business. 
I'd love your company again for Business, The Law and You at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week and as Dale Carnegie once said, take a chance. All life is a chance. The man who goes the farthest is generally the one who is willing to do and dare.